Hey, Annie, what is the number one movie that people reference on this podcast when we ask them about MacGyver? That would be MacGruber, Nathan. Yes, the Will Forte MacGyver spoof, MacGruber. Which neither of us have ever seen. Which seems like something that as co-hosts of this podcast, we maybe ought to rectify. So we're going to host a live virtual watch party of MacGruber. That's right. You can join us on Saturday, December 26th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, and you can watch the movie right along with us. And you'll get to watch us watching the movie and participate in a live chat with other fans. It sounds like fun. Uh, We're also (laughs) going to be doing a quick 20-minute review of what we thought of the film directly afterwards, and we'll be collecting donations for Feeding Chittenden, which is the food bank in Burlington, Vermont. The event is free, and you can find out more information and get the link to watch the movie with us at themacgyverpod.com slash MacGruber. That is December 26th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. See you there. Happy holidays and on with the show. Welcome to Duct Tape and Paper Clips. I am Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. That is right. And tonight we are breaking down season one, episode 21, A Prisoner of Conscience. The penultimate episode of this season. We're going to find out if it holds Indeed. up. But first, it's it's Christmas week. We're headed into the end of season one of this podcast. How are you feeling, Annie? Are you making holiday plans? Are you relieved to be close to the end of our season? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I'm relieved because we have a busy week in That's terms true. of duct yeah. tape and paper clips. Yeah. <laughs> we actually yeah. have uh, some stuff going on because we have this episode. We have another episode this week and we have our special live screening of MacGruber. So we're going to be working hard for y'all um, over the holidays. So much stuff coming your There's way. There's so much going on, um, but we're so excited to be basically spending the holidays with you um, yeah. <laughs> because this is such a wacky uh, 2020 holiday season. I am... You know, I'm off work for a couple weeks, so that's yes. kind of exciting. I'm just going to be sticking around close to home and You're not just traveling. You're trudging around the California mountains in 60-degree <laughs> weather, enjoying yourself, aren't you? I really am. I really, I've been hiking on an almost daily basis in Amazing. beautiful 60 degree weather um, in December. And wow. so, you know, I can not complain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Nathan? What else is going on for you this week? What else is going on? I mean, we're in that place where that everyone's in right now, I think. A lot of people are in where we're doing all separate Christmases, just like we did all separate Thanksgivings. And mm-hmm. uh, the only difference being that now we have a bunch of presents that we're trying to get to places. Um, and those presents, we've been uh, neglecting our responsibility on. So we're last minute trying to throw stuff together and we don't have enough time to mail it because the mail system's all fucked up. And then you, so now we're talking about like driving boxes of stuff over to our parents' house and dropping it off. And, you know, I mean, it's a weird one, but yeah, it's going to be a weird one. I tried to do some digital gifts for family this year. So I sent people like, you know, gift cards, which I never do, but it's like, you know what? I'm 3000 miles away and I, can't really deal with shipping a bunch of stuff on time this year and the stuff that has that I have ordered um, to Mm -hmm. give to people more locally is all delayed so people are probably getting their (laughs) gifts late this year and that's fine this is a a dumb story but uh, so I have a a dog who had a a back leg surgery and she has Mm -hmm. a hard time getting around and I bought a a ramp for her and I bought it off of Etsy from a person who makes them because I was like, okay. I'm gonna, not going to do this on Amazon. I'm going to do it the right way. And I bought it months ago. And it's the perfect height from the window that she likes to stand on. So it like okay. gets her up to the window. And I waited for two months and my poor dog is falling off the window. And I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm just going to buy one on Amazon. I bought it on Amazon. I emailed the Etsy person. I was like, is there any way you can like give me a refund or whatever? They won't give me a refund. And we're backed up and it's going to be it's going to be maybe another month, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fine, I'll sell this thing or give it away when I ha- when I get it. Fine. 
So this morning I get an email that's clearly gone to everyone who's ordered one of these dog ramps in the last six months from these people saying, hey, look, we're backed up, but we finally decided to start assigning numbers so you can get a sense for when yours is going to be made because we're making about 10 of these a week. And I'm number 96. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, I don't. So you're telling me I'm at least nine weeks out from now for, from getting this thing I don't need. And there's like, no way that you could pile up some stuff and make some kind of. Oh, like, I'm, this I is already ordered one on Amazon. It came podcast. in four days. So now I'm just like, okay, I, I feel like I should just write back and be like, just keep the money and, and take me off the list. Like, you yeah, don't. Just don't worry about you're it. You're clearly killing yourself making these fucking ramps. <laughs> Anyway. And you're like, I don't know anyone I could re-gift this to. Like, there's no, no one else no. that I know who has this need. <laughs> oh, my God. So dumb. <laughs> yeah, I have, I love Etsy. I shop on Etsy a lot whenever I can. But I thought it was a good idea to order my wrapping paper on Etsy this year. Guess whose gifts are not wrapped yeah. Um, because yeah, there's no wrapping paper here. Like, that's I wound up having to, like, run out to... Yeah. friggin' we're all trying our best trying <laughs> we're trying best. but yeah. i but the that um artisan has received uh some yes. money That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well anyway we have a very good buddy here uh who's our guest he's been a finalist in vermont's funniest comedian contest he's also worked as a psychotherapist and he is a pa student in boston right now uh please welcome our buddy josh star Hi, Josh. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hi. Hi. To your you're, thousands of listeners, thousands of you out there. You're a there. comedian and a, a mental health professional, so I figure you can yeah. make us laugh and give us insight into this episode. Well, Nathan, I'm glad you brought that up. Because nothing <laughs> I say should be constituted as medical advice in any way and does not reflect any of the institutions for which I'm affiliated with. That never gets old. I love saying it. Thank you. And I feel like you can probably confirm that this is basically a documentary on right. how things work in any kind of mental health facility. I mean, let, I'll wait until we get into it. But I, I was, there was some accuracies. That's what startled me. <laughs> yeah, a lot of accuracies. Good. We love hearing about that kind of stuff. Um, so we, we talked about it a little off mic, but uh, what are you up to lately? You're, uh, you're going back and forth from Vermont to Boston and you're, how, how are things for you? Well, um, you know, besides being hilarious all the time, so <laughs> we're as a, uh, I've been a second year PA student. So that means I'm in the clinical field, just got done with my uh, family medicine, women's health and pediatrics rotation at this place in Roxbury, Mass. Wow. Now I'm home on break, but yeah, I've been touching patients and listening to their heartbeats. So you were touching patients like during the pandemic. How, how, how is that? Uh, you know, like what you're doing with like people next to you that have like, like, they're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I had COVID. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I almost died. And you have to be like, oh, I have to do it for one week. So you can't really <laughs> complain at that point. And how was the experience for you? It was awesome. I loved yeah. it. It's so much fun to play with doctor things. <laughs> that's like hitting people on the knee and making their foot go. That's so you much really fun. You really do that? You get to do that? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I just get a couple <laughs> to my hammer, ba-boom. Yay. <laughs> You would really think there would be like a better reflex testing technology to have come along. Yeah, no, no, Josh brought the hammer from home. It wasn't like something they asked him to do. <laughs> Josh, that is a hardware hammer that is going to hurt people. That's great. Well, uh, well, I mean, I'm glad it's going well for you. And so you're, how long are you on a little break for? Uh, about like three weeks. The big news I had happen though, is because I've been going back and forth, I got my first dose of the COVID vaccine. No way. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's real. It's wow. a real thing. Yeah. And it might made my butt hurt the next day, but just like a little bit. <laughs> Did you get uh, the Pfizer one? The the one that's had very good publicity, AstraZeneca. The okay. one that's like, like <laughs> we had to shut it down because we thought right. a guy died because dose, of it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the one that's by the company that's never had a successful vaccine in the past? It or? might be. <laughs> well, it's, it's their makers of Wellbutrin, which we, Wellbutrin and I have been good friends for a very long time. <laughs> do you know for a fact that you 100% got it or do you, is there a chance you got a placebo? I, I mean, I've looked up the symptoms, like there's no way that saline, because if it, sometimes they give like another vaccine doesn't cause, but they just, it would have been saline. And what you're saying is uh, saline wouldn't have made your butt hurt. <laughs> no, it would not have made my butt hurt. I, okay. I mean, I was excited about it. I'm like, my butt hurts. I got the real thing. My butt hurts. <laughs> 
And do you get the second dose anytime soon? December 21st. Okay. That's exciting. It used to be from Vermont, guys. Yeah. Because there's five people here. And I was like one of the five that signed (laughs) up. Uh, Well, that's exciting. Um, So uh, have you had any experience with this absolutely uh, incredible (laughs) 80s television show or... I mean, I remember, I, I think, like, I was, because, like, the question was, I was watching this afternoon, like, do I watch it with a three-year-old? And we, <laughs> we aired on no, but I remember it being, like, kind of, like, family-friendly television. To be clear, Josh has a three-year-old. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, you kid, I need to do some research. You want to make five bucks real quick? <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, you were right. You are correct in assuming that this was a like primetime family friendly broad, yeah. uh, broad show that they were trying to make uh, friendly for the whole family, but there was definitely, you know, some, some shoot 'em ups and some violence and stuff in it as well. So you, you probably made the right choice, especially for someone that, that young. Right? It's like, why would people shoot at each other in a boat? Like anytime a three-year-old passes one of those innocence markers, you have to be like, well, not yeah. often, but sometimes right. people try to kill each other with guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um you remember vaguely had you watched episodes of it in your youth or not yeah like i knew i knew the stereotype the paperclip and the yeah 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 it always had an explosion which i thought was great if it was there is there a thing where like 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 macgyver does macgyver things but then he just adds into the mix like plastic explosives like that he gets mysteriously from out of nowhere is that a macgyver thing or is it always like using the materials that he finds he almost always makes it like he's never gonna like snake some plastic explosive well i guess now that you mention it he did grab plastic explosive at one point and like uh but he plugged it he plugged a camera shutter into it and made it explode (laughs) that way you know like there's always something it's always yeah the homemade element is pretty strong uh that's kind of a a big trope of this show Yeah. yeah yeah Well, cool. Uh, well, I can't wait to get into the discussion of this episode with you. Uh, let's get a little summary to refresh everybody's memory, shall we, Annie? Oh, yes. Um, so here is a quick summary of A Prisoner of Conscience. So Pete Thornton is in Russia to investigate the supposed death of an old friend, Karsoff, and is surprised by MacGyver, who has followed Pete out of concern for his well-being. Uh, Pete just kind of disappears to Russia <laughs> at the beginning of this episode. Karsoff's daughter, Maria, uh, informs them that Karsoff is still alive and the trio mounts a rescue operation on a psychiatric facility where he is being held. MacGyver poses as a patient and Pete poses as his doctor. After recruiting the other patients to the cause and duping the staff, their rescue attempt is successful and Karsoff elects to remain in Russia to continue his work. Uh, and that wow. was everything that happened in the psychiatric facility yeah fantastic a lot of things happening yeah oh well we're going to share our opinions about what worked and what didn't in this episode uh as well as how we feel it holds up now but what were your first uh impressions now that you've uh in 2020 turned on an episode of macgyver josh what, what was your first impression um well, you know, like just hanging out and like playing games and like people being bored and one person talking to themselves in the corner, the other person doing nothing and just staring at the wall. That's fairly accurate uh, <laughs> for what a psych unit looks like during the day. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. Because I kept on looking for holes, but they explain everything. Plot holes or holes in the accuracy of the psychiatric All, all the above. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> How are they going to get in? Well, clearly... MacGyver's going to show up and say nothing for about 30 <laughs> seconds. Like, oh, yeah, he needs to be. Okay. Why did you bring him in earlier? Was he just quiet like that for five minutes? <laughs> so what are you saying about that? That it wouldn't be enough or that it would be plenty to cause concern? So there's, uh, a, there's a type of symptom that can occur mainly associated with schizophrenia, but also can be associated with taking too much of a drug that contains serotonin, but it's called catatonia. And that Mm -hmm. is where you're actually like very rigid. And it's so rigid, they have this thing called cogwheel rigidity, where you can like actually pose them like a gear. Oh, wow. Um, For the listeners at home, I was- (laughs) You're ratcheting your arm up and down, yeah. (laughs) In a vaguely gear-like fashion. Um, But you can like move them around like they're like um, like an ambipose, it's called the ambipose lamp sign when you spot it, which is the type of lamp for the Pixar lamp. Like you the know? Pixar lamp. <laughs> yeah, so you can like like 
toss them around. The first part of that that name sounded so medical, and the second part sounded like <laughs> like yeah. like yeah, like a lamp. Yeah. Yeah. They gave up halfway through. They were like, "You get it." <laughs> yeah, you got what's going on. But yeah, so I, I think there would have been a little bit more examination done. Yeah, and of course, this is uh, you know supposedly a. Uh, a psychiatric facility in 1986 in Leningrad in the USSR, <laughs> right? So yeah. who knows what the fuck, you know? And they really, yeah. they really represented as more of like a prison for political prisoners that they call a mental facility, right? Right. Well, you you have the good doctor. I like that good cop bad cop dynamic. It's right. like, oh, hold on. <laughs> Not only am I the good doctor, I don't even use medication. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm here to take care of people, and then yeah. just I am I am Doctor Sinister Psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I <laughs> take your chessboard away. Yeah. I mean, I think there are a few docs like that, but they are few and far between. It definitely felt more like it was supposed to be like a some kind of political prison than there definitely would have been a lot of deaths. Like, yeah, because like, like when MacGyver caused the chaos and like there was all sorts of things around like, yeah, I well, you don't bring two loaded handguns onto a psych unit usually. <laughs> <laughs> How did those get there? I can't remember. Oh, like were they brought in by like security or something? I think it was the security and like the whoever those like evil staff dudes were right. that were yeah. sipping that Turkish coffee at the end. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? I think they called them guards at one point and then they yeah, called but them then also they patient attendants. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I, let's, let's, let's circle back to the beginning and talk about uh, the early scenes before we get to the, the, the facility. Yeah. Um, uh, we start in apparently, allegedly in Moscow. We have a title card that says Moscow. We see a bunch of stock footage of the city. And then we cut to, I don't know, a small park 100 miles outside <laughs> Moscow. Uh, yeah. It's really an right. idyllic little With a corn playing guy. Oh, that and, was, I I was like, fuck that accordion. Because they were yeah. doing so well up until that point. Like he and Pete had a nice little chat and everything. And then MacGyver yeah. does that cute thing where he doesn't look like he's going to follow him. And then he turns around to follow him. And I, when I saw that dumbass accordion player, I was like, give me a fucking break, dude. Not uh, necessary. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, the, it's the ongoing thing we keep noticing in this show of like, if we go to another country, we go back 200 years in time. And uh, <laughs> we have to get like these, you know, fucking peasant, clothes and have somebody playing 100%. some polka. Yep, that's because yeah. that's what Russians do in the park on their day off in 1986. Nathan, Nathan, I'm not convinced that they don't. <laughs> you don't? You're not? If I was in a Russian park and someone started playing accordion, I wouldn't be like, what the... F okay, what the this place has changed. Uh, I <laughs> this would... isn't the Russia I know from <laughs> the right. Red Dawn. Oh my God. So what did we think of the intro, uh, sorry, intro scene? We have like, uh, MacGyver eating an apple, um, and having followed Pete to Russia. How, how, how do we feel about this opening? I mean, why isn't Pete allowed to just go to Russia if he wants to? Like, why does <laughs> MacGyver have to book a flight and, mm -hmm. and follow him like that to me was not fully explained. Like True. it felt like he was semi accusing him of defecting um, <laughs> oh, yeah. and also just like, Hey buddy, like I was worried about you. So I right. flew 10,000 miles. Right. They certainly didn't give MacGyver any kind of reason to be like concerned about Pete. Like if he had heard that he was in some trouble in Russia or something, that might've made sense for him to follow him there. But it did feel like he was sort of helicopter parenting Pete. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I love the, <laughs> he really, I mean, he really knows how to blend into the Soviet landscape with that red plaid shirt, eating an apple in yeah. your sunglasses. That really doesn't say scream American at all. Yeah, could not yeah. have looked more American if he tried. Like he might as well have been wearing a USA flag yeah. t-shirt. Yeah. Um, just the most like, hey, can you tell I'm just a farm boy from Minnesota? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, well, Pete doesn't try either too hard as no I the cap is all he can really do yeah well and how they get into this fucking facility i know like and mm -hmm. no questions asked like hey why are you guys american and also like you're a doctor they gave pete a cover that. name that is russian they called him dr petrovich and then he has an american accent and nobody what? questions it 
Hey, oh, this guy is, uh, has made me speak English. Let's all speak in kind of like a broken Russian accent. Yeah, now. Let's except that. for the lady, the good lady doctor who is British for some reason. I mean, are we skipping over the boat chase scene? Though? Oh, not at like, all. We haven't gotten there I, yet. I, um, okay. Um, but we, well, so then we have the cabin thing, right? We have this like nice little cabin scene. I, I noticed that right here when they hit the cabin, we get the director credit, which is Cliff Bowl, which Annie, you may remember. We talked about Cliff Bowl a little in our uh, interview about... Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, to be a man. Yes. We talked to someone who was in a MacGyver episode, Josh. And uh, really? when he was That's a kid, awesome. when he was a kid, and he rem- remembered this director being this like fast talking Southern guy, and this is the same guy who directed this one. And I just, I was picturing that character he was painting in my head as I saw this these like seven giant overflowing things of potatoes on the ground. <laughs> I was just <laughs> like, I can just see a director being like, "We gotta have more potatoes over here. Get more potatoes." <laughs> like, clearly, well, yeah, because he, all he the was potatoes. supposed to be like this old timey, just like, "Hey, and you." Stay over here and you yeah. say this guy so that right. yeah makes like, perfect sense yeah that this you know the episode would be so over the top right. and on the nose yeah you know with yeah. certain things um but i loved that i loved all the giant baskets of potatoes and then you know we meet Mar- yeah. maria is the way they pronounce it but they write they spell it maria um uh and she uh basically spits in the face face of the secret police which i feel like you wouldn't do in russia at this time um and then pete stomps the door and sends them both flying over the <laughs> railing into the lake yeah I, the, the b squad police team is my favorite part. <laughs> it's just like okay all right this has got like a dissident but like who didn't train for the old guy who bonks you on the nose behind right. the door trick <laughs> that is a good point like this is a woman that you know her father has been hauled away by the right. police and right. locked in a facility and she's just like hey screw you uh very strange yep and, and then this like out of shape <laughs> like american guy pops them over the uh, railing uh yeah let's talk about the speedboat <laughs> chase uh i don't know my first yeah go ahead josh <laughs> you want you clearly want to talk about the speedboat chase. So, okay they showed up and um, by a car but they're like, hey, better bring the boat just in case. They're like, oh, yeah, isn't that cabin that we're going to to get that girl next to a river? Well, what if they have a very high powered, very fast speedboat? Well, right. we better bring our own, too. Just as as is the custom in Russia in the 1980s. Yeah. What what was the case? So, so did Pete just walk up the hill to this cabin or did he drive there? Uh, yeah, I think he walked from the park or something. Right. And then the cops show up in their car and their car has been dis- the disabled. And then there's just magically two speedboats there. Right. Disabled by what? Uh, by, by a potato. <laughs> by one of those bounteous potatoes. <laughs> so all he needed was one. Um, yeah. yeah, this speedboat chase I loved because within 30 seconds, I was like, this is live and let die. The James Bond movie. Live and Let Die has a, a very long speedboat chase through the swamps mm-hmm. of Louisiana that looks exactly like this. Um, and I was like, there's no way. And then the music in this is like, might as well be a James Bond score. It's all like lush strings and high horns and like, it's fucking killer. It's a killer soundtrack. This is the rare case where I haven't been able to find any information that this actually was stolen from another movie, but there were, there are a bunch of action sequences in past episodes where they've lifted whole like sections of footage out of existing movies, like an entire car chase an (laughs) entire, like uh, famously when he turns a coffin into a jet ski, (laughs) um, all stripped from other films films. that have been made. Um, But it's very possible that this like was like, Maybe this was B-roll from Live and Let Die. Who the know? Who knows? Like you know, I, I mean, MacGyver did seem to have a little bit of a budget, but that changes things, right? <laughs> so like, okay, we got to get that perfect. The accordion player is taking up half the budget for today. <laughs> We're just gonna have to use that B-roll from that other. Well, <laughs> if you think about it, though, like a lot of it just took place in the facility, which is pretty True. cheap to do. Yeah, so right. you know, yeah. they might have had the opportunity to do one good boat chase. chase. <laughs> 
<laughs> but they, you know what? They When they went to the boat rental company, they were like, we need a bad guy boat and a good guy boat. And they're like, we have identical boats that we can give you. <laughs> like, I couldn't tell them yeah. apart because they look the fucking same. Cra- crazy Ivan speedboat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was crushing 1986. Oh, shit. Um, so... I liked the fact that she was the one piloting the boat. Uh, that's something that oftentimes they get the the female character gets knocked out of the driver's seat. <laughs> uh, so it's good that she was like mm-hmm. kicking ass driving the boat. Um, I liked the you know what are we doing wrecking this blanket thing? I, you know he's making the the trap for the other boat. And uh, in this how did the blanket come into play? By the way, okay, I saw like rope yeah. and gas cans that got like tangled. Yeah. How did did we see the, the blanket, blanket? At the, in the in the final thing? I don't know. I don't know that we did. Uh, you know what? Like I have been complaining the entire season about MacGyver over explaining everything he does. <laughs> and I kind of appreciated that he didn't say much about this. There was a little bit of dubbed ADR near the end of the sequence to let the audience know, oh, you're this is a certain kind of boat and you're jamming their intake or whatever. But yeah. uh, but when he's actually ripping stuff up and putting things together, he's not really explaining it too much. And I really prefer that because I'm like, I would rather not know what he did with a blanket and be able to just yeah. piece together what happened than have him narrate the shit out of the whole thing. <laughs> actually, the melting point of tungsten's 453 <laughs> degrees. Yeah. <laughs> Did you account for humidity, MacGyver? <laughs> One of yeah. the moments that I, I liked uh, that they did explain was that they were using a shotgun. And then MacGyver said, you couldn't shoot anything from that far. Something like uh, you couldn't shoot us. Something like you'll never make it or, you know, whatever. whatever Unless he, he gets said. real lucky. Okay. So he, he was basically yeah. saying, don't worry. The danger that this uh, seems to be creating is really not as great as it seems. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I'd be reassured. I'd be like, oh, I'm just getting shot at by a shotgun from like a little bit outside of its range. I'm sure we're fine. I just I'm don't sure understand why they do stuff like that. Like, I'm wondering, is it like, is it some producer being like, we got nine-year-olds watching this show on Monday nights, you guys, and they're going to get scared by this. So if you could let them know that it, they're probably not going to get shot, uh, even yeah. though they're getting shot at, but that I would be great. I think it's <laughs> weird that they would have MacGyver deliver that line when we're like hit over the head so much about how anti-gun he is. And yeah, then to right. have him throw out like a fact about shooting guns. But, yeah. you know. He does know yeah. quite a bit about guns. That's sure a thing. Uh, so, oh, this this killed me. So <laughs> we find out that uh, Karsoff, is that his name? Karasov is not dead and mm-hmm. that he his death has been faked. Because, get this, he is known, he is loved, and they decided to fake his death, and if there's not too much protest, then he will die. And presumably, if there is a protest, then they'll, what, just be like, just kidding, he's not dead. <laughs> Literally what? makes no sense. What? The opposite yeah. of what you would do as a... It would be... Literally, the opposite of that is you would say that he was imprisoned and actually kill him right, um, right. if you yeah. were trying to to telegraph that, like, you're not going to kill this loved guy. You don't yeah. tell people you <laughs> did something worse than yeah. what you did. Right, right. Uh, yeah, let's just see. Let's let's take the temperature of the room here by telling him we murdered him. <laughs> For God's sake, what? Unless some, some of you are against that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> And also, if you're running the type of operation where you are like jailing and killing dissidents um, and anyone who speaks out against like against the government, the fact that like the idea that you would care um, whether or right. not what the you public know, some thinks. people were yeah. upset. <laughs> yep. Um, and then there's one more thing in this, which is uh, then MacGyver says, you know, uh, he wants to come along because he, find- he he's always heard that Leningrad Leningrad's a real party town. Um, which kills me at like lines like that. He said a couple of lines like this before and these sort of, sort of like cool dude, eighties party on kind of lines. And I always feel like these are not MacGyver like care. This is so out of character for MacGyver. These are just like eighties lines. You know? It's <laughs> like, never believable when he says it. No. I'm thinking of the, um, the hellfire episode where he's like, and we're going <laughs> to party. <laughs> party you're down like, no you're not no you're not you <laughs> like don't... you are deadpanning the delivery of how you're partying like you're the squarest action hero that has ever lived yeah we already kind of talked to you josh about what you thought about like the the the, the intake yeah. <laughs> of macgyver um i mean a catatonic would be 
a, a kind of a good way to go though. Like if he could really nail it. Yeah. Because if they, like you're, if the family came in, they're like, this is all he does. He doesn't eat or drink. Right. And then you're like, you're like, okay, let me see. And then he does nothing. Like, well, right. It's an easier thing to fake <laughs> than like, okay, fake a bunch of other mental symptoms, right? Like yeah. it's easier to just shut down. I think it would have been so awkward if they had had him try to overact. Yeah. Some, like, Do a like right. what's eating no. Gilbert grape situation. Like, no, yeah. I think that would have been way, way worse. And so this is how they were like semi trying to be sensitive to this I, I just keep thinking back to when I used to work a social work job and like the things that as a staff member, people would say to me all the time, like the idea of him delivering any of those lines um, would just feel so off and like unbelievable. Yeah. 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 People don't have deep, like uh, debilitating sadness in the MacGyver universe. <laughs> we don't want our audience to either. Yeah. This facility really does feel like it's a it's a prison essentially like we're trying to yeah. say the russians are bad they're throwing people in prison and calling them crazy and uh and i realized this is the exact plot of the last episode we watched <laughs> because the previous episode he gets himself thrown into an actual prison and oh. has to break yes. out <laughs> and and they <laughs> the do same the thing. same really annoying thing in this episode that they did in the last episode where they make a certain like they divide people into these like classes of the the folks who are being held there. There. So some mm. of them are considered to be more like with it and, you know, right. ha have more privileges and have more agency. And then other people are considered to be like kind of like, you know, people that were the lower level people. And it felt yeah. I felt like they were sort of saying the people who are here for political reasons are you know, valid and they're really intelligent. We should listen mm -hmm. to what they have to say. You know, the yeah. people who are here for psychiatric reasons, like are, are just, you know, off. Mm -hmm. and, well, they're and tools. They're emotional tools to be yeah, manipulated. We're basically going to ignore them or yeah. manipulate. Feel them sorry for them. Do, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I was trying to figure out like, where, what they were trying to do with the, just the big guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was, there was yeah. one big guy that got taken away. I'm not sure if you noticed that. There was one guy in every single scene. I don't think he was that good of an actor, but he was just tall and in the foreground <laughs> when they were all acting like causing a distraction. He, he was just taking his shoe and like lightly tapping it on the post. <laughs> okay, extra number five. All right, you you do your craziness. Okay, I'll do it. I'll, I'll take this shoe oh and I'll God. tap it slowly. And the same thing bow. with the chess guy who was completely reasonable like the idea that he wanted to play chess and have his right. you know one uh, you know one of a few personal items he's allowed to have yeah. is yeah. totally reasonable and they're just making him out to be like this completely irrational um yeah. You know, yeah, and he's supposed to be, yeah, the he's a real sympathy tool for you know, yes. <laughs> it was like it reminded yeah. me of like the Toodles character in Hook, you know, oh with his marbles. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> although you know, in psych units, sometimes you do get like really hyper intelligent people mm -hmm. that maybe did some drugs a little too much and now mm -hmm. they're like that, but there is like the archetype of the like just out to lunch, uh, inventor type. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that does yeah, show yeah. up sometimes. Yeah, like that is a thing. Huh. Yeah, I've known people like that too. And also the big guy reminded me a little bit over of like one flew over the cuckoo's For nest. Sure. How yeah. there was just all, you know, they got the, the crew yeah. um, mm -hmm. that they wanted to portray. They clearly, yeah. they were grabbing some stuff from that movie in this episode, yeah. which they always yeah. do, especially in all these season at one episodes, there's some parallel movie that they're kind of ripping a bunch of stuff off from. I'm glad they didn't do like a nurse, nurse ratchet angle. Right. Right. Cause that's like, there was no nurses there to begin with. I guess that's like, they don't have those in Russia. Yeah. They had two doctors, a bunch of security personnel and then a dining staff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The full, hey, who's the full key service right? dining room. <laughs> Um, and, the, and they like they gave yeah. some guy a set of keys to the whole facility, but his yeah. main job is to let people into the dining room. Well, right, how right. about how they set up that guy's cell in Ward Zero? Like he had a full bookshelf yeah. Yeah. and like all of these extra furnishings. I'm like, what is going on with the like interior designer that they apparently had on staff? Just yeah. 
I, I, and going back to the, the the MacGyver being catatonic and then being let in, there are a, a couple of times in the episode where he's required by the story to quote act crazy, um, yeah. and those were the worst parts for me to watch. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. and they're supposed to be they're sort of playing them for laughs. Like he says, "I am political, but I also drink blood." He has that line, and then he he makes a scene, and then like when they grab him, he's like, "Okay, okay, okay, okay." Like yeah. they're definitely trying to play all of that stuff for laughs. I'm, I was just glad that it was a relatively small part of the episode yeah <laughs> tough to watch it's like okay okay i'm gonna oh quick distraction need to jump on the beds yeah <laughs> <laughs> which I, I do like like the willie's wonka grandpa joe bed <laughs> sort of situation <laughs> and just throw them all in one big room yeah. and then don't monitor what they're doing they right. definitely don't put cameras on any key junctions <laughs> yeah. just hey, get in there guys it is wild that they were able to hatch this entire plan they decide to create this diversion like they had a lot of leeway um yeah. in this oh, like summer camp dorm style <laughs> living situation yeah. Yeah, right right i uh, that's my that's my least favorite uh thing that happens I don't know if I could say that. There's a lot of things. But uh, I really dislike it when they try to pull off. MacGyver has a plan that he's ex he's executing down to the the last, you know, he's got phases. Like he, he describes these phases of the plan and stuff. And it never works because it's in direct dissonance with what MacGyver's all about. He's all about walking through, walking into something, grabbing stuff and figuring it out on the fly. And so when it, whenever he's like got a sort of heisty kind of plan, it doesn't, really match what the show is about. And it, it's not, it's not rewarding to, yeah. to watch him try to well, like pull the one off. Thing that was good though, is when Pete tried to, and failed to make a plan, he was like, never mind, I'll get my own. I'll figure I'll get it my out own on my pick. own. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was really silly because I was like, why does Pete have this job? Um, Pete should not be in the field at all. He's dropping drugs on the ground. He's losing <laughs> lock picks. <laughs> just the, the drug that's kept in powdered form. In the <laughs> in drug cabinet. Just little as, bags. As you okay. do, right? Yeah. You just have little bags of things. <laughs> yeah. Just a little fatality. Hey, sniff a little bit of this. Oh, hey, hey, it's a little, come on. Uh oh. Uh, wait, but I think, you know, like like the, the missing link for me in this episode was like, okay, I'm going to wave to the guard. For, the guard's just going to say, oh, there's a, a, a flag waving to me from the closet. I'm, I'm going to go see what it is. <laughs> oh, what? And it's not, there's a man, there isn't anyone waving the flag. It's, there's a weird paint can. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, this is flawless. You will, everyone knows if there's a weird bucket in a room, you will go in and grab the bucket and he'll get stuck. This is because the broom handle is wider than the door frame. It'd be really disappointing if MacGyver spent like half a day making that special <laughs> compound with, with liquor and spackle. Uh, the guy just walked in and like didn't give it a second look. That's the moment that it hardens. Apparently, we find out that Pete and MacGyver flipped a coin for this job. Yeah. <laughs> that, that it mm. could have been Pete on the table wrapped in an entire sheet. Is that how you restrain someone, Josh? Uh, this is this is the interesting thing. So it's an archaic practice. They don't do it anymore. But they used to think before they had like uh, Xanax, a liquid Xanax that you could just shoot somebody up with. They used to wrap them up in cold, damp sheets. Huh. Until they couldn't move and their arms were just like, I know it will calm them down. Make them <laughs> so they can't move any part of their body and have damp sheets over wow. their body. Yeah. Wow. What was the thinking behind that? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like freezing has come up in other things. Like if you have like a brain injury, they'll just they'll lower your body temperature by three degrees. That's the main thing they do to you. But huh. maybe it was people that... Ooh. Yeah, because if you're catatonic, then you can get very warm. It's like called catatonic hyperthermia, huh. where you can get very hot. So I'm guessing maybe sometimes they were cooling people down because they were in that. Man, you're giving a lot of credit to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my guy was catatonic. Maybe his temperature was too high. They wrapped him in some cold blankets. <laughs> so, yeah, but you don't you don't restrain people anymore with with. Uh, shackles or handcuffs mm -hmm. unless they're really posing an immediate danger to themselves or others you just you push they do get the shot in the butt with the yeah the mess. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. 
Interesting. Um, well, yeah, there was a fair amount, as you mentioned, that room that they're all in. There's a fair amount of dangerous things in that, including glass light bulbs with filaments inside <laughs> of them. Um, but I loved this. I loved this MacGyverism. I loved him picking a lock with a filament and a light bulb. That felt very like, I, I always look for MacGyverisms that feel like something I would have copied when I was a 10-year-old kid watching mm-hmm. the show. I definitely would have <laughs> yeah. broken a light bulb and tried to use the, you know... <laughs> Like mm-hmm. got my fingers fingers all bloody trying to open a lock with the filament. I liked it, and I also liked that the political dissident was on his side immediately, no questions asked. Like <laughs> he was a little bit like, yeah. "Hey, yeah. who are you? How do we know you're not?" Da da da. Yeah, was fine with all the answers, and then was like, "All right, let's do this. Let's break into this other yeah. board." Cause I'm not doing anything else. Um, yep. Yep. So yep. that was that was kind of fun. Yeah, but Annie, he dropped Peter's name. To the dissident, he's like, "Hey, I know Pete," and the guy's like, "Oh, why did you say so?" Yeah, as if the those two go in. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, also, got some paper clips. Let's I thought this. it was notable that his character name is Yuri Dmitri, which felt like just like they closed their eyes and pointed at a Russian. They could not decide, and yeah. so it was Yuri Dmitri. Um, he also yeah. strange little bit of trivia about that actor. He's recognizable. You've seen him in a lot of things. He's a character actor. He has been on the new the new MacGyver as well. Um, I don't know if he played a character named Yuri Dimitri in that, but, uh, maybe that'll be a, maybe that'll be a contender for a Patreon episode. Is he a Russian actor? Uh, he is. Yeah. Russian born in like 1950 or something. Um, but he's been in everything. Uh, but I thought that was fun. A funny, a funny bit of trivia. Um, what else? Oh, then we get on to the dining room heist, which uh, I just was like, this fucking Oliver Hardy with his glasses and his vaudeville like buffoonery, I just couldn't yeah. handle. I was like, this is a different you show. Say you're what? What's your name? Oh. <laughs> it's a fun thing with the you can lock me in the closet thing at the end, but he's just what a what a cartoon character that was. Yeah, okay. It's like, all right, we need this guy to be the he's the key guy on the inside or outside of the f- locked facility. Yeah. And just like, yeah, but he will fold the minute MacGyver's like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> like MacGyver didn't even do anything. He did, they didn't say they were going to kill him. It was just like, oh, hey, hey, I'm MacGyver. Yeah, he didn't even threaten them, really. He just said, okay, well, uh, and people do this a lot with MacGyver. They switch sides. Uh, I mean, Natalia at the end here turncoats immediately um, right. when they offer her an out. Um, but yeah, I uh, one thing to note, like talking about going back in time hundreds of years, again, this whole like, Maria getting a job overnight at this place and then just walking in and pre- and saying she had a job and then all of these female servers in this dining area are all wearing like 1800s Russian peasant mm-hmm. clothes. <laughs> Um, well, uh, well, uh, well, uh, we just got to get this done in a day. That's you, my, that's you my, gotta get this done. <laughs> uh, give me some uh, kerchiefs and some long skirts. We're going to shoot that accordion scene and then just right inside, right inside. <laughs> we're going to shoot the rest. <laughs> Don't get you anything off that craft table. Uh, it is fun. I liked the little thing where uh, MacGyver tried to pretend like he had been chasing the, he'd been trying to bust this drug ring for a while and he's KGB. Uh, again, he has an American accent. So uh, I, I also like that it, he tried it and it didn't work. Like, like almost immediately. And then before we know it, uh, Toodles is smashing the guy over the head with his chessboard. And we're like, yay, Toodles finally <laughs> smashed the guy with his chessboard. Wait, was he was he like the virgin? And like, is that the mapping? Like the virgin from One Flew Over to Cuckoo's Nest? Oh, I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. as like, familiar with that character. Because like his story arc was like, you know, he, he stutters. He's very right. um, self-effacing and not able to really... Find his voice. Right. But then he finally Stand tells off nerf, nerf Ratchet when he right. gets laid. And then it has bad ramifications for him, I'm assuming. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. The, the message of the movie isn't speak up, speak your mind. <laughs> yeah. All right, hold it steady for me, will you? Well, let's just talk about this scene in the other park at the very end um, when he decides to stay. Uh, yeah, the the dissident decides oh to stay God. in his own country. What do we think of this? So, yeah. despite the fact that these uh, this government threw him in a psychiatric facility slash jail, and his daughter, like like despite everything that's happened, um, <laughs> he's like, I love Russia. Like, I will be here forever. And it's like, dude, they are gonna kill you. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that is a hundred percent. They've already told everyone you're dead. Like, what is stopping them from just shooting you right now? 
Um, I also think that their departure from the facility was oh, yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> How they just get the good doctor on their side and she's just like, you know what? I will help you yeah. because... <laughs> Literally, as they're all fleeing the facility, one of them yells, freedom! Yeah. <laughs> like, as they're running into <laughs> And then her whole thing, it was like, it was she was good, and that was tied to the fact that she was anti-medication. And I was just yeah. like, oh boy, yeah. 1980s was in a in a weird place um, yeah. with this. It also does, it does seem like Briti British woman equals good, a British man equals bad. <laughs> In these 80s shows. So far, yeah, yeah. So far, that's been the pattern. Also, I am very grateful to them for not making the one female employee in a leadership position the villain. Um, I think yeah, that was right. a good thing that they yeah, did yeah. Um, because that, that would, would have just been too on the nose with the nurse, nurse ratchet thing, yeah. I think. But uh, did, did this episode pass the Bechadel test? I, d I doubt it. Uh, they I don't think Absolutely it not. No. Did any women <laughs> talk to another woman at all? <laughs> about anything other than... <laughs> Even MacGyver. about a man. Even no. about MacGyver. No. Even <laughs> about anything. I doubt it. No, they were maybe working back uh, backstage in the kitchen to deliver the oh my God. <laughs> meal service. Because uh, that's the only time we saw them in that full costume, which is... Yeah. Not something oh you'd wear in a hospital, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I mean, the fact that he he that he decides to stay in Russia, and that the direct line he says is, "They have made me too famous now to kill." <laughs> Just like that is not true False. at all. <laughs> they have proven that they are willing to kill you. I mean, I guess you could make the case that like they chickened out on killing him the first time. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess he could. A more effective line would have been something like that. Like, yeah, they could have killed you know, me and they didn't. If they were going to kill me, they would have right. done it already sure. or something sure. like that. Hey, look, you, you just know. punched up that line perfectly. <laughs> uh, like something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and then MacGyver's reaction to that was very strange to me where he's just like, well, you know what? With people like you around, I'm sure this country is going to turn. Yeah. I wrote this one down too. More with more people like you around, just about anything can happen. Uh, yeah, there's good people that are trying to overthrow the corrupt Russian government. That's yeah. that's the message. The American is there like message. a history student like PhD student somewhere who could like really break this down for us? Like, because yeah. I, I, like I don't know. I was young when this episode came out, but wasn't that kind of the message? Oh, of yeah. the 80s with USSR. It was like, they're not bad people. Yeah, I mean, I, we haven't seen a lot of... They they do they do go in this episode they do go to great lengths to humanize some of the Russian characters right and they're right. always the Russian characters who are you know dissidents and against the government and you know like so they're very careful not to humanize any you know USSR you know uh, government people but uh, yeah the entities are never seen with any shred of nuance like it's always like the like doctor up right the, now, male, yeah. the male doctor is evil evil he's got the accent he's Horrible. The yeah, up till now, it's been Russia bad. You know, any any government agency, anyone in leadership bad. You right. know, occasionally you'll get someone being oppressed that we can identify with. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I the the other line that confused me at the end. So he says he says to Pete and MacGyver, "I owe you a great debt." And MacGyver's response is, "Speaking for Pete and myself, I think we've been paid in full." And I can't figure out. How? Who got paid? How? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what he got out of it. Like, I don't, it, I understand that that could be a m metaphorical answer and that, yeah. you know, obviously he didn't get paid in money, but what did he get out of it? What did he and Pete get out of helping? I don't know, but something was up with Pete's, you know, past with Maria and something was, was going on. I did not understand that relationship at all. Maria and Karazov and Pete, is it professional? Is it personal? Why is he, why is Pete a spy to begin with? And why does he have a Russian dissident friend? Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I have only one other thing to say about this episode and it is that MacGyver's fur coat at the end is everything. Yeah, um, I do like I missed that. the fur coat. I loved it so much. Uh, it was, I think it stuck out because it's like nothing he ever wears. It's like very kind of fancy for him. Yeah, but you're in the USSR, right, baby. You're right. going to put on some fur. Um, we had a little bit of, yeah, we had a little, somebody had like a mink hat at some point. Mm -hmm. We had just a taste of 
of kind of Russian fashion because no one, no one in, in the facility is going to seem Russian in any way. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're going to have like a couple cartoonish accents, but, yeah. uh, but you yeah. get the fur coat. I love the line from MacGyver when he was, he was hamming it up. what do he say? The wolves in the flower and wait for the sun. He's trying to get the guy to look out the window. He, yeah, yeah. 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 Just make up some crazy talk. I yeah. liked it when he was like, and I drink blood. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. We got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more with Josh and find out where this episode falls on our DTNP rating system. Stick around. We'll be right back. As season one of Duct Tape and Paperclips winds down, Nathan and Annie have some exciting news. They're starting a Patreon. It's cheap as hell. And if you become a member before season two launches on January 18th, you'll be entered to win the ultimate MacGyver package, which includes a cool black bomber jacket, Swiss Army knife, Timex watch, aviator sunglasses, and more. Plus, you'll get exclusive access to bonus DTNP content, like breakdowns of the MacGyver Simpsons episode, the new MacGyver reboot, and the MacGruber movie. You can even join Nathan and Annie in the Zoom to meet the comedian guests and help record select episodes of the podcast. So don't wait. Hop over to patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod and join up today. That's patreon.com slash the MacGyver pod. Now back to the show. All right, we're back with our guest. Uh, let's move on to our next segment. It's called It's Classified. We are on a mission to figure out what the best episode of MacGyver is. So we are going to rate this episode. This is a rapid fire kind of game. And each one of us is going to score a prisoner of conscience from one through 10 on four different characteristics. So we start with you, Josh, because you're the guest on a scale of one to 10. How exciting was this episode? I'm going to give it a, a six because it was hard coming down from that boat chase scene. I mean, that <laughs> <laughs> I loved that scene. I wished more of that yeah. was happening. Yeah, uh, that's the story that spoke to me the most. Yeah, it's hard to go from boat chase to sell with some books in it um, and try to keep things. <laughs> People playing guess who. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. That 10 minute guess who scene that just seemed like <laughs> it does feel like MacGyver has this is in this season. We've seen a lot of this sort of tempo problems where they mm -hmm. really give you a super exciting beginning and or ending, but the middle really sags or yeah, this is not an unusual thing for them. So six seems about right for, for, for someone who's, uh, was disappointed by the letdown after the speedboat chase. What about you, Annie? Yeah, I thought the pacing was, was off. Um, this was like very up and down. So I, I think five for me. Five. Wow. That's pretty low for you. Um, all right. I think I agree mostly with y'all. I want to put a six as well. Um, all right. Acting and writing are one category together. So if you had to take all of the acting and writing and score it from one to 10, how's oh, that man. fair? Uh, <laughs> I feel like writing bumps it up just a little bit. Uh huh. Yeah. Even though it was like flagrant pothole, like plot holes, it was like, you thought the writing was better than the acting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, in the sense that it all made sense and like we could follow it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going six again. Six. On that one. Cool. Yeah. All right. What about you, Annie? Acting, writing. You know, I think Yuri Dimitri was pretty good um, compared with a <laughs> lot of folks <laughs> that we've yeah. seen yeah. in guest star roles on this show. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like he's bumping it up for me. Um, this is higher than I usually give it, but I'm going to say six. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're usually like a three or a four. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I get that. I mean, the screen time was like a lot, a lot of screen time was sort of MacGyver, Pete and Yuri. Um, Pete has some acting ticks that really bother me, but I'm going to go with a seven because I do feel like it was better than average, um, for the, for this season. Uh, sheer innovation. This is all the MacGyverisms that he pulls off throughout the course of the episode, the inventions. Uh, how would you rate those on a scale of one to 10? 
you know, I'm that guy who plays like apples to apples. And if you just have the most off the wall suggestion, like you're getting my vote. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, maybe I need to be wa- I'm watching more and paying attention to this wonderful podcast. Right. So I can hear if I'm not able to watch it <laughs> in a convenient location while right. I am commuting. In my <laughs> All the MacGyver that I could ever watch. Uh, Thanks, Josh. <laughs> Anytime, guys. Um, and then just, so I like uh, the paste. <laughs> just, the paste. I oh, like the, that. The, you like the bucket. Like the bucket the gag. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how they did the voiceover. Mm-hmm. See what I'm doing here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, made, <laughs> I made super glue. Maybe I'll send the All recipe right. to them afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say like eight. 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 All right. What about you, Annie? So I think I'm going to give it a seven um, because not all of the MacGyverisms hit, but like to me, you know, a light bulb into a lock pick is like a classic MacGyverism, which is is kind of what we think of when we are, are saying that word. Yep. All right. I'm going to give it a seven as well. 80s cool factor. <laughs> this is mm. when it compares to all the coolest shit, fashion, cars, uh, you know, all of that of the 80s. How does this episode stack up? Yeah. I mean, I think the most 80s thing in it was like the inset shot of the Russian dial on the boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you can see on both boats, it is that very yeah. fast Russian unit. Which, by the way, the boats both have a prominently displayed Ford logo on them, but, but somehow the instrumentation is Russian. So <laughs> I, I missed that part. Yeah. Uh, hey, Russians love American-made boats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you have the Ford. For, I can't. I'm not going to do a Russian accent. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to go three. Three. All right. It's not a cool '80s movie. movie. No, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, okay. How about you? This was not a particularly cool episode. We are in a hospital for most of it. Um, that does not scream uh, cool, sexy, fun times. Now, um, counterpoint: so- there is like aviators in the first scene and a fucking screaming speedboat chase. Does that do anything for you? Yeah, I mean that definitely balances it back out um, from being at like the bottom, but. Yeah. Based on how cool this series gets, um, I have to give it like a five. Yeah, it's not eating yeah. an ice ice cream cone in uh, Turkey or wherever he was, right? Yeah, or being in your cool observatory house on his <laughs> beach, like for example. Right. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with. I'll give it a five and a half. I would I would be up to like a seven if they just in the middle of the boat chase scene if they did like the trope of like the the perfectly stacked thing of watermelons like <laughs> like halfway through the boat there was like some guy like ah, my watermelons yeah, right, like, right. Oh, no! yeah or if someone was water skiing off the back and shooting the gun while on water skis <laughs> yeah 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 it's funny you, you know, say that because I, I watched the live and let die boat sequence before this mm-hmm. which by the way has zero music in it which was very unsettling to me um but uh, they do that. They have a they have a scene where Roger Moore's James Bond uh, drives his speedboat over the lawn of like a rich Southern gentleman who's drinking a mint julep in a chair reading a newspaper. <laughs> and it just like cruises over his lawn and then drops into the other side of the yeah. Bay. See that kind of stuff is like very eighties cool, but um, yeah, they weren't going for it. Um, all right, so uh, there are three bonus categories. It'll get an extra five points each if any of these is true. Does he help out an old friend in this episode? I guess we got to count Pete, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he wouldn't be in Russia without Pete. Uh, uh, I, I hate to count it because Pete is going to be his friend for the rest of the goddamn series, but uh, doesn't. Well, act- and also though, Pete was helping people he knew. So I true. feel yeah, like there's plenty of helping awkward. friends. Um, uh, ex-girlfriend make an appearance. No, we have no ex-girlfriend. No. And uh, no. is he detained against his will? I guess you would count this even though he put himself there, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, he was literally locked in places that he had to. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. That concludes It's Classified. It's time to reveal the results. Out of a total possible 135 points, this episode receives 81.5 points, making it, oh, you're not going to like this, the sixth best episode of MacGyver so far. (laughs) I'm honored I could be around for the sixth best episode. How is that even possible that it almost cracked the top five, Annie? Wow. What, Um, What did that? What what? What well, we had, two, error did that? we had two bonus categories. Yeah, that's probably what it's did it. It's yeah. rare that we have more than one, and yeah. some of them had zero. Also, I feel like 
I don't know. I got a little generous on the acting and you did. writing That's category. True. That's true. Uh, hey, it's your fault for a change. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we also, next episode, you and I are going to have to break a couple ties. Just realized that. <gasps> Can't wait. Yeah. Um, tough, tough business you guys are in. <laughs> I know. It really is. <laughs> How do you deal with the stress? Really do, doing it's the so hard. Work here. Yeah. It's so uh, challenging for us. So please Venmo us. Yeah. <laughs> or you yeah. know, join our upcoming Patreon. Um, yeah. Josh, before we wrap up, uh, is there anything you want to plug? Is there anything, any place people can find you online? What are you up to? Is there anything comedic that you're doing lately? Yeah. So pay attention to the Vermont the uh, fans of comedy page because your local Vermont comedians are living in the same house and occasionally playing video games and recording <laughs> the antics that result. And That's I, true. What are I, you guys playing? Uh, we've been playing Among Us, but then Nicole Sisk and Tyler and Mike Thomas are also playing a seduction game. Right. I saw that. Yeah. And Tim Bridge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think mm -hmm. we're, we're expanding And so out. when you say the, are you talking about the fa the Facebook group? like the fans of Vermont comedy? No, well, it's a Twitch stream and I don't oh. remember the name of the Twitch stream. Oh, so people can log on and kind of chat and watch you guys kind of play, play fun games. games and video games. Yeah. Stick around. Okay. Yeah. That's a great thing to pr promote and uh, I will find the URL and put it in the show notes for this episode. So go find that. Uh, this has been an absolute delight. Uh, thank you very much, Josh, you for so being much. with us. Um, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, please subscribe and review and keep in touch. Our website is themacgyverpod.com and all our socials are at themacgyverpod. If you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us, you only got one left this season. You can get them on CBS All Access or buy them on Amazon for a buck an episode. Next week, we'll be breaking down season one finale, episode 22, The Assassin. Take care, everybody. And remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, friends, friends are, are the, the adventures, adventures of life. life. Good night, everybody. Good night.